Welcome to the podcast. About 224 here in Toledo and Perrysburg. Probably 224 in Perrysburg. Philip, is it, uh, hold on, don't tell me, don't tell me. Is it uh, 7, 7.24 in London? You, you are correct, sir. So did you or did you not have a time change? We still have it. It's just like three or four weeks after you all have yours for some reason. I don't understand that, but yeah. All right. Um, Philip, as mentioned last week, if you're uh, an avid follower of the podcast, um, Philip's now going to be on with us some Thursdays and, and Alex as well. I'm so excited. Do I need to introduce you to you two guys to each other? What? I mean, I think we're good. I think we got this. You I know mean, what? We banter like your grandmas from back in the day, okay? I'm so listen, excited. Sitting me up in a chair with a warm blanket and a, and a whiskey. Me and Alex could do this for days. Philip, are you drinking now? I mean, it's not Friday, so we're taking, are we taking alcohol out of your hand to podcast? Listen, it's been a week. I haven't even showered today. Yes, I am drinking. It has been a week. You hear me? So, oh. yeah. What's been so bad? Well, Danny and I are looking for a house. That's number one. Oh, Jesus. And, girl, and it's like a whole different game here in London. Uh-huh. Because, so we, we did find this place. We were going to put an offer in. And number one, the prices are stupid outrageous for what you get. But we found a place. We're going to put in an offer. God bless my... God bless Danny. I love this man so much. He is so, like, OCD when it comes to researching properties and places. So he researched this place that we put an offer in. We were both really excited about it because we found it. It was the second place that we saw. Great. They're building next door to it. There's already a, an apartment block. They're building it two stories higher, and it's going to be like a homeless shelter. But the the real estate agents and the people who were selling it didn't say anything to anybody about it because oh, they were wow. trying to get the hell away from it. So if Danny had looked into it, we wouldn't have known, and we would have spent over 700,000 pounds on a freaking house that we did not want and wouldn't have stuck there for at least five years. Jesus. Um, yeah. Alex wants to buy a house, and no one will, <laughs> no one will sell one to her. No one will. <laughs> I've pulled the trigger once at least, and I'm like, and they didn't want to sell it to me. And this is interesting because um, I feel like my girlfriend, Karis, she lives in Scotland. She's also buying a house. And so mm-hmm. I'm learning about the, we talk about the difference in the process there and the process here. And how, yeah. are, are, you, are you working with a the realtor then there? Because she is not. She said it's we not are common. Not, yeah. We are not. Yeah. It's just us. And that's like my job is to find what we have, like to find what we're ticking our boxes for and then to go re- get a hold of the real estate or whatever to like see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? Apparently, apparently like in Europe, realtors are for like the uber rich people. Yeah. Like if you're buying like million dollar like <laughs> yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, then you would get a realtor. Yep. So Philip, what are the boxes that you're looking to check? Well, that's the problem is that with it being Danny and I, we need more space and we're not looking for much. I'm just looking for something that's like over 700, 800 square feet. Number one, two bedrooms is what we're looking for. And like a, like a garden, like a backyard or a front yard that has grass and that we can go out in and like be in the sun. That's really uh-huh. like the big boxes that we're trying to take. But even like you said, Alex, like it's so different. And even in Scotland, it's easier still in Scotland and they're more informed than they are in London because things happen so fast here. Like yeah. the real the real estate agents don't really care. They're just trying to get their money. You understand? So yeah. it's frustrating. Alex knows frustrating. <laughs> we put in an <laughs> offer this last weekend and I have to like we totally by the way, I sound like a man. So sorry. Um are but you sick? Yes, it's awful. Okay, um, sorry. 
But we put in an offer this weekend and I totally had to like pull out the violin and write a letter and tell these sellers like, please, would you sell me your home? I would be forever. <laughs> I would be forever grateful if you would sell me your lovely home so I can be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen and have a family. Please, please, please. And, it, and they're like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> so like, what is it? Like, are you coming in like too low or are they just like not filling you? Like, what is this? So thing? we don't have an attractive loan. We have an FHA loan. Mm -hmm. I, I think mm -hmm. I've been open about that. So we don't have a very attractive loan. And then because of that, like I can't write in closing costs. We have to either oh. ask for them in concessions or pay for them on our own. And so we obviously can't pay for them on our own. Um, and so we're writing them in concessions, but we're offering everybody their asking price. So we're not going to like lowball anyone, not right. in this market. So I'm at least offering you your asking price, maybe a little over asking and then offering enough to cover our closing costs. So technically I am paying for my closing costs. Right. It's just coming out of the offer. But they're like our realtor was telling us that she just wrote an offer um, and they offered $40,000 over asking and still Ooh, didn't thought. still didn't get the still didn't get the offer accepted. I know somebody else who wrote an offer $23,000 over asking without concessions, like no closing costs needed, still didn't get the offer accepted. So I, I hope that this starts to slow down as <clears throat> the the late spring and summer hits. It might have to ask my my realtor which she foresees for the next uh, I don't know. Well, that time period. I did see something today that can can put a number on on this whole thing. Um, I guess there is a deficit of about four million single family homes in the country, and I don't know how many there usually is or is not, but that's a lot, and that's yeah. why yeah. so many people are having the trouble that um, you're having, Alex and Philip. I'm guessing. Um, tell us as we're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit about work and unemployment today. Um, again, Alex, um, but Philip. Over here, a lot of people with the pandemic said, well, if I don't have to go into the office as much or ever, I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to buy a nicer home um, or I'm going to upgrade the home that I have and then sell it or I'm yeah. going to, you know, live farther away. So it's a supply and demand thing. Have people made decisions like that over there? Yeah. I mean, like it started a while ago, like the and that's why everything is moving so so quickly here as far as like the housing market more than it usually does. So like what happened was people learned that either A, their offices were closing indefinitely or they weren't going to bring everybody back full time to the office. So people were like, great, I'm out. I'm leaving London because it's expensive to live here. I can live in the suburbs or on the outside yes. of London for a lot less and get more space for me and my family for me to be able to work from home and pay a whole lot less. And they probably come into the office. Like I have one friend who lives not too far outside of London, but him and his husband moved and they go into Canary Wharf, which is like the whole financial kind of area that was built up in London. He comes in like once a month. And besides that, like he, they got a bigger house, they moved away, like they have flatmates before, they don't have them anymore. So wow. people are just like, they're just like, peace out. Like I'm gonna go somewhere that's less expensive. Yeah, I think uh, that's what was happening with New York as well. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens in New York City, what happens with a lot of that real estate that isn't needed anymore. But yeah. not our problem. It's actually, <laughs> a, 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 Alex brought up something last week that we're actually doing quite well. Um, all things considered, we're, we're drawing people here, right, Alex? We are, yeah. Specifically millennials. So like a lot of mm -hmm. millennials um, are either choosing to stay and live and work here 
or they're coming here because of all the businesses that are now coming to town. So um, specifically specific- in Toledo. Exactly. I think we're like nice. number number three in the country. Yes. I don't. I, I, it, it was. It, I was told secondhand. So a financial advisor told a friend, who then told me as we were talking about the market, and they said Toledo is not in a COVID bubble when it's when we're regarding housing. We're in a bubble of our economy is getting a whole lot stronger. People are choosing to live here um, because of that. So they're like, so you may have this problem for a long time. <laughs> like yeah. great. Great, so I'll be in an apartment forever. Thanks. <laughs> you won't be forever. No. Philip, do you know uh, Ark Restoration or Ambria Mikolacek? I think I said that right. The first one, Ark Restoration, sounds familiar, but I don't know anything about the second one. I don't. Am- second, Am- is that a person? Yes, her name is Ambria. Okay. <laughs> her name is a- Ambria. Is she has dreads, right? I don't remember, but yeah, she's very attractive. Oh, I hope I don't know her. Ooh, don't make me feel bad now. Well, <laughs> they uh, they lived uh, they live across the street. Do you remember? Okay, Oliver House. You walk outside the Oliver House mm-hmm. um, from the like Summit Street side, and I do know who you're talking about. I love her. Yeah, she, she and yeah. her husband renovated those places across the street. Yeah. So yeah, now uh, her and her husband are doing the the Wonder Bread Factory, and uh-huh. um, somebody uh, they went lived- out in Rossford. No, 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 no. Uh, up Summit Street. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're putting, I think, like 20 or 30 um, uh, affordable affordable housing apartments in there. So They are also, nice. um, they are also hiring people. And they reached out to us specifically to Neighborhood Properties to find out if we had anybody with those skill sets that would be interested in working. So they're looking to... Um, lower socioeconomic they're trying to give opportunities for people for work which is really nice you know like i had a i had a conversation with somebody about toledo and like the way that toledo set things up because for some reason when that hotel came down like there were pictures of toledo just like randomly maybe it was just like my feed because i'm from toledo but just Mm -hmm. like randomly and i was talking to somebody about toledo how they like got prometica and how owens corning is there and when i said owens corning they were like oh I know where that is because they had like a cousin or something who works for Orange Corning in like Germany. I don't know, something like that. But like Toledo is legit, like making a mark where yeah. people recognize that name for whatever reason. And I love it. Alex, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I forget where. I don't I don't think it was you. No, it definitely wasn't you. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people who are having a hard time hiring people or getting employees. There are other um there are other businesses that have not done well and really suffered over the last year. But when one side of the scale goes down, some some part of the scale will go up. And sure. contractors have been super busy because somebody's got to do all these renovations to houses or mm-hmm. build these houses. And um, the guys that did my bathroom, they said that they, I mean, they've been doing yep. great. Like he moved home. They both moved back here from uh, Philip. It was uh, Mary Beth's son who oh, yeah. did my bathroom. I don't, I don't think you've ever met him, but I know you know Mary Beth. And, uh, I they, met her. I met her son before. He's been to the station. He's an old West End dude now. Oh, uh, nice. So yeah, they said they've been super busy. In fact, when I met uh, Ambria for coffee, I was like, you know, if you're ever looking for for bodies, you know, these guys did a great job because I, Alex, like what you just mentioned, if you're a contractor, if you can build stuff right now, you're gonna have plenty of work and get paid really, really well. Yeah, I just really liked that Ambria and her husband specifically wanted to hire people who may not be considered like 
job worthy candidates otherwise. You know what I mean? Like they they were looking for people who may not have opportunities to work, be it um, they're felons or they are um, don't have the experience or they've been homeless for a long time. You know what I mean? I really appreciated that. That That was really cool. Poor people built this country (laughs) 250 years ago. They can put up some wood now. I'm almost positive that was what they did, but I'm I'm pretty sure because I know what they're doing with the Wonder Bread factory. And I remember we got an email asking if we work with anybody who um, would be interested in that opportunity, like on our caseloads. And I was like, good for them. That's fantastic. Uh, Philip, I don't know if you were on or not or if it was Bethany and Kennedy that day. But do you remember when I do you remember I was talking about on Summit Street, there was uh, an inflatable pig and an inflatable mouse. I was not a part of that conversation, but I'm here for it now. So like, (laughs) about two weeks ago, there was an inflatable pig and an inflatable mouse on the other side of the Wonder Bread Factory project. And um, they weren't union people, but there was some kind of protest for who who Ambria had or had not hired. And it was like a rat and a pig, like they were supposed to symbolize something. And um, I, that was the week I had had coffee with Ambria. I was like, hey, I see you're in the paper. And she's like, you have no idea. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I, I get it. Like, people just protesting just to yell. Like, Listen, if you don't have people protesting you right now and getting mad at you right now, you're obviously not doing anything with your life. So good for you. Good point. Good point. Are you even successful? Yeah, she does exactly. have dreads. I know exactly who she is. Um, I remember they did some stuff. Uh, I think across from TSA at some point, and they have stuff everywhere. They're helping to build up the area. Um, I never would have guessed that she was uh, black, but only mm. because of her last name. Because of her last name. Because Kevin is white. I think her, yeah. I'm pretty sure her husband's name is Kevin. Um, My married uh, last name is going to be Holland. 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 <laughs> it's German. <laughs> I just want you to be Mrs. Thomas Thomas. Oh, yeah, right? Um, but to kind of segue, Phil, one of the things I wanted to ask you today, there was uh, there was another article um, this time. Uh, Christina Williams had had seen me that I was out at Monette's, and uh, I think I mentioned they, they have been looking to, to hire people at their new store. They're one of the places, like many restaurants here, who are having a hard time hiring people. Um and I want it's it's bars, restaurants, places like that, and it's not just the extra unemployment benefits um, at the moment. It, it's a lot of reasons why places are having a hard time finding people to work. But you've worked yes. in bars and restaurants before. Can you give your perspective on why somebody yeah. might not want to go back to that job right now? You know what? First, I want to say like I read the, a- the thirteen ABC, and I read the I think it was NBC's article, and ABC said something about people not want to go back to work because they're collecting benefits. I feel like that's such a kick in the teeth for a lot of people because a lot of people do want to work, but they're not getting jobs in the profession that they have. But anyway, to your question specifically, um, I think it all has to come down to the people that I work with in Toledo in restaurants were either students. Um, or they had like, you know, a lot of them maybe be single moms, um, mm. or they were trying to support their family to some degree, whether it was like a, a cousin, a niece, a nephew, a grandmother, whatever that is. But you have to be careful because in restaurants, is a, it's a breeding ground for you to go in, for people to, to bend rules. So they don't wear masks, um, things can get spread. <clears throat> like, I mean, if you understandably, if you ever went to a restaurant during flu season, I would probably say 50% of that staff is sick. 
I mean, I know it sounds really disgusting, but at the same time, like things just like it just it just rotates. It's like a nursery. Like you just get sick, and one person gets it, and everybody else gets mm-hmm. it. And that's just how it goes. So I think it's just a turnoff to go into that job not getting paid enough to put yourself and people that you love and support at risk, unless it's like you know really really worth it. If you're working at like a a five star restaurant where you make fifteen dollars an hour plus tips, when you're making like one hundred and fifty bucks a night on four tables, that's just great. But it's not like that too, unfortunately. So you mentioned uh, like single moms. I know another thing that's keeping some people uh, from taking jobs is childcare. Um, yeah, that's still up in the air. I mean, as as Vinny eloquently pointed out yesterday <laughs> when we were talking about this, we're still in a pandemic. So yeah, there's a lot of factors playing into things. And um, like I think the unemployment benefits. It's Alex. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's an extra three hundred bucks a week until it like is. until like September. And it is. The length of the benefits has been extended depending when you did or did not lose your job. So I see that that's out there. Um, and if you match that up with what Philip talked about and other factors, I can see why why it might be hard um, to get for, for these places to find work. And I know a lot of these places, they're, while they need staff, um, they're looking to hire. They're feverishly trying to get people to come in and they're adding incentives and all that stuff to, to get people to fill out an application at the very least. A lot of these places aren't doing the business that they were. I think some right. of it is just simply having flexibility with staffing because, Philip, you know, I mean, not, not everybody who works these hourly jobs um, can commit to a regular schedule because of school or other responsibilities. Accurate. So yeah. um, having I mean, extra employees allows flexibility with the schedule and they don't have that right now. I think also, like I read this and I thought about the situations that we have here and what you guys have there. I know that people are trying to open and make the money back that they lost over the past six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve months. But at the end of the day as well, like I I also think that people will be more inclined to work at a place that was being a hundred a hundred and ten percent cautious with the pandemic itself. You know what I mean? Or if they did offer something of a sense of like, hey, like, you know, you can we can be flexible with your hours knowing that you do have kids at home. So let's let's like sit down and talk about it. But it takes flexibility on both sides. You can't just expect somebody to come in when the world has physically and mentally changed for everybody and expect them just to jump right back into something like it's yeah. normal. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think you bring up great points. And again, back to those scales where one scale is dipping, one is rising. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any numbers or data uh, except that I know Uber had a super busy one of their like second their second busiest month ever back in March. And I don't know if that was just ride-sharing wow. stuff, or the other thing that I want to get to. But while restaurants and bars have had a hard time, understandably so, I think people who are doing, and, and this is just anecdotally, and I think, Alex, you might be able to, um, you might have heard this from people as well, but people doing DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and all those things, they're making plenty of money. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I, I like. Have you seen the meme that says, if you buy Uber Eats or DoorDash three times a week, you're rich? <laughs> Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, I have literally, I have literally had to, like, toss a pillow at Thomas. And I said, if you order food on DoorDash one more time, like, I'm so, right, like, I'm so upset. Get your big ass up and get it yourself. And it was so, but also, I I mean, and maybe I'm just thinking in terms of, like, the Midwest, but we had a warmer than usual month of March. So, like, people might have been... You're right. People have been more likely. Didn't it get to like 80 degrees a couple weeks ago? People would be more likely to like want to 
maybe go out to the restaurants and the bars. But I'm thinking at the same time, like beyond, you know, the workforce not being as strong as it was, I am also not as willing to go out and blow my money like I used to. Because I don't know right. if I'm going to need it. <laughs> like, I may need it later on. Well, there's, so there's, there's that too. Yeah. But uh, I I've, I have some people who, I know some people have made some, have done really well um, with food delivery. And I think we've all kind of seen the, the stories here and there. There was one politician, kind of like high level, I think somewhere in New York. And he was door dashing during lunch. And um, <laughs> I get it. Like, Maybe your job's not as busy because of the pandemic, but I guess he was going into too much work time. But if you're doing oh, food, and he got fired, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But if you're doing food delivery, you you have made money on the change of lifestyle. Whether it's it will pro- there will probably be some level of permanence because yeah. Now, yeah. like instead of like going out to a Mexican restaurant where hey, let's just keep having drinks, um, and it turns into an eighty dollar night, you just order and you you do bite. You, you write out your rich check for $40 because it's $10 right. for delivery. But you know what? It, it, you, you got the food you wanted and you spent less. So you might be less inclined to go out, at least until more of this blows over. You know what I feel? I really feel like there was a shift over this past like year and a half. So we're like, when this first started, people started like not being able to work and not going to school and they were getting money. Everybody was like, only fans done let's get it i'm about to make this money <laughs> and then people started realizing that everybody was doing ob fans and they were like right we got to figure out another hustle well what do people want food from restaurants they can't go to restaurants so what do we do we bring them food uber eats uh we have here just eat and we have deliver and people like jumped on it i've never seen so many scooters with bright green bags <laughs> that deliver food in the city until like a month Those or two ago. Damn scooters. Everywhere. Damn they're so scooters. They're so loud. They're so they're loud. Awful. You don't care. <laughs> they, will, they will hit you. They weave in and out of traffic. They will hit you to get you to get that food to your house hot. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think there was a shift in job. It was like OnlyFans to Uber Eats driver. We're going to see what's next. OnlyFans cooled really fast. And I, I would like yeah. to read like a 3,000 word think piece on, on why it cooled so much. But OnlyFans and people that get paid to play video games. Every time I, I hear someone complaining about wages these days or it's it's so hard, it, look, it's just different because, mm-hmm. Philip, I think I've, I've said this to us before, like when we were growing up, we, we had to just take that $7 an hour job. We, yeah. we didn't have the opportunity to uh, to hop on OnlyFans or play video games because our phones couldn't give us that. So no. you, there are other opportunities out there that weren't available to the older generation that some people dislike so much. That's true. I just think you got to dig in and you got to get to it. Like you said, like things are changing. And unfortunately, I think this past year has smacked a lot of people in the face to realize that things are changing. And those who don't like change have just <laughs> like, they don't even know what to do with their life right now. Like They're just pissed. They're just putting up like inflatable pigs and rats on corners now because they're just pissed. So. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people going into real estate too, like wanting to sell, God, wanting to be realtors. And I'm, they're going to they're going to want to be realtors now because of the market and everybody's making so much money. But then that market's going to be oversaturated. Exactly, I think that's what yeah. happened to I think that's what happened to OnlyFans. There was just too many people on there and it didn't become like a, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't like a cool thing anymore. It, it was like. Yeah. It got popular, and then that was it. Here's my here's my my theory about OnlyFans, um, and I'm sure it's it's big in some ways for certain people who can continue to crank out content. But like, let's say there's 
let's say there's somebody you were thirsty for, and then they, they made their OnlyFans. Once you paid them a couple of bucks, like the novelty wore off. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you saw what you wanted to see from them, <laughs> and they gave all the content that they, they could give or were willing to give, and... and People just stop subscribing. They don't need Another to see. Reason. They don't need to see Cardi B's butthole anymore. They've seen it a couple times. Ooh. They're done. Du- they're done. They're done. Another re- another reason why I didn't do OnlyFans. I'm like, listen, I already give you enough. Of, of <laughs> like you, you literally have seven eighths of the pot full. You're not getting this last eighth, my friend. Hey, you, you've been busy you. this week. You've yeah, been busy. Alex, I almost. I almost- <laughs> We've all seen Philip 98% naked. Um, I almost tagged you on the picture that I saw of his today. <laughs> Why? Was what was it? You could have braided Thomas's hair on Philip's ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Our gym's open back up. I am so, like, beyond myself. My Is that what your better. countdown was for? Yes, it was. Oh, my God. Like, and it's so it's it's a thing to hear. So like the gym's open back up, and I wasn't aware. Like I just I just got my bag together and like mosey down to the gym in the morning. But like I got there, I know I know people who work there because that's the gym I've been going to. So I I moved in, and he's like, "Hey, did you schedule?" And I said, "No, I did not." He goes, "Right, well, you can train today, but you have to schedule from now on. So we have to go into an app and we have to schedule when we're going to go in. Otherwise, our key fob won't let us in." I'm all oh, about wow. that. That's fine. But literally, like I just love it being back in the gym. There's like ten people in there at any given time. Brilliant! I love it so much. There's places, uh, well, well, like the art museum and places like that here have done that, where yeah. you can't you can't just go. You've got to make a reservation, and that that might be one of the things that sticks, depending I'm on sure. your level of attendance or your establishment moving forward. I'm sure. I think it's a great idea. I love it. Museums mm-hmm. here are going to do that. Like I have to buy tickets, even though I already have like a museum pass. I get in for free, but like I don't care. You still got to reserve it. Otherwise, bye. So. What's your, uh, what's the gym like that you go, can you take, look, instead of like, take some pictures of the gym of other things instead of yourself and post those. Cause like we, some of us want to see what London has besides you being naked in it. Wear some gray sweatpants <laughs> in the picture. It's a two for one. <laughs> it's a two for um, one. <laughs> so my gym is like, my gym is like the planet fitness of London gyms, but it's smaller because we don't have that much space, obviously. It's just basically a place for you to go to have the equipment and then you work out. It's 24 hours. Uh, very nice staff. Their colors are purple as well, too, which blew my mind. But, um, yeah, my gym is really nothing special. They have, like, you know, powerlifter gyms everywhere. They have, like, gym chains. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's nothing special, quite honestly. It's clean. We have individual changing rooms and showers. So, <clears throat> I like it. Can I ask, can I ask, do you guys have a towel warmer in your bathroom? In our bathroom and our homes, yes. At the gym, no. But you know what? Damn here's it. the thing. So here's the thing. You think it's funny. You think it's great. But no, it's not. Because your bathroom is no bigger than like the size of a closet. And you're naked. And you're trying to dry yourself off. And so your, your butt touches this steel <laughs> thing on the wall. It burns. I so literally... Before- when I first moved here, I didn't know what it was, and Danny didn't tell me I thought it was a towel rack. I'm just like, fine, whatever, and it's right across the toilet. My old drunk ass, and at like 2 o'clock in the morning, he's like trying to get up off the it? toilet. I put my hand on it, girl, when I tell you, I hollered. I screamed. He thought I was dying in the bathroom. It hurt so bad. I want one so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, I started looking them up on Amazon to buy one for my house. That's the most genius thing you guys have. I don't understand why we don't have it here in the U.S. It is, is a it, great idea. Is this something that's everywhere, Phil? The towel warmer? 
Yeah, like everybody has them. Like in basically all of like UK, they have them because it's attached to your heating unit. Your so as long as your unit, heating yeah. is on, then it will be on and it will work. So it also heats the bathroom. But I mean, it is a great idea. It really is. But it takes some getting used to. It looks like a ladder. Like it looks like a, like a metal ladder that's on the that's yeah. attached to the wall, and you just hang your towels on it when you're getting ready to shower or something. And then when you're done, your towels are really warm it's for you. It's so warm and cozy. I know. Alex, I have a wild idea. Why don't you just take your towels and put them near the heat uh, the vent? <laughs> <laughs> I could, but then I would be blocking the heat from coming in. When I could just buy one, they sell them on Amazon that are set to like timers, so they're not connected to like your heating unit you just install it and plug it in so i think i might do that but i love yeah. that concept i don't know why we don't have that here i'm jealous Listen, nobody in uk has a musty towel if you have a musty towel for some reason in uk you doing life wrong there's uh-huh. no reason for it alex what other <laughs> questions do you want to know about philly tea in london i don't know they'll come in they come they'll come i'll try not to interrupt with all of them um i think you guys both know that i I've told you before, communication doesn't flow well in my family. <laughs> Just on one side of the family. Uh, well, then again, I realize I'm guilty of that as well. Um, hmm. Because as I post the, the relationship change on Facebook today, um, and I was able, oh God, I was able to grab so much information that I've stored away from just a, a single adjustment on Facebook. Um <laughs> Including, like, who doesn't listen to the podcast? Because um, we've been talking about Amanda for weeks now. But then I realized that Paul nor my dad know about Amanda. But that's just not, like, things I talk about with them. Yes. How do you not? That's, like, but like that, like your dad especially. Like, that is your boy. You talk to him how many times a week? Every day. But we don't, yeah. ever, we don't ever talk about, like, my, my dating life. My sex life has never has never been a thing with him. And that's probably why that there's... Oh, it, honey. It, it took a lot of things... Like, there was a lot of uncomfortable things in my in my life in that regard. Because my parents weren't intimate. Um, mm-hmm. So, there was a lot of learning that I had to do. Even, you know, to this day. So, But, no, my dad never asks, like, are you dating anybody or anything like that? Or maybe he's just like, he's going to be alone forever with the dogs. <laughs> it might be. So, who called you first? <clears throat> What's that? Who called you first, your brother or your dad? About Amanda? Yeah, when they saw the status. Well, my dad didn't see it, and Paul didn't. I don't know if Paul saw. It. I mean, Paul might have seen it, but he's been at work all day. Um, the, so the, wait, how, go ahead. No, go ahead. How did, how did they know then? Like, what what happened? They what don't the know. Oh, they so then the lack know. of communication is your fault. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was simply saying, hey, I, I I set this up. Hey, remember how I said the communication doesn't flow well in the family? I am guilty of that as well. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's chat about this status that you put on Facebook because I mean, in Eric Chase world, that is a big deal. I mean, it's it's like it's two thousand and five, one hundred and ten percent. But for you, it's a big deal. So it is. What what, what prompted that? Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was the the right thing to do. I mean, I I feel positive about um, Amanda in a lot of ways. In fact, this it was kind of ironic it was very tv show like so this morning i didn't hear from her at all and that's that's really odd and and after you put it up you didn't hear from her yeah yeah okay like it got to it got to like 8 30 and i heard nothing so i'm like i'm not playing games but usually she just i don't want to wake her up um and she's been she got her second dose of moderna and she got hit like like a truck Mm, it ran her over 
Um, 8.30, nothing. Then 10 o'clock, I texted. I was like, okay, I'm kind of worried now. And then eventually she called at 11 o'clock, and I was like, and I, I answered on my iPad, so there's kind of a delay. And I was like, are you okay? Are you, are you all right? And I didn't hear her say anything. And then eventually we figured it out, and she's like, yeah, I just woke up. I'm like... I thought something happened because, like, she's going back and forth to finish off her her divorce and everything with her soon-to-be ex-husband and childcare and all that. So I, I thought something might have been been wrong or something like bad happened. Oh, welcome I mean, to the club, man! Now there's another yeah. person for you to worry about. <laughs> yeah. You care? You Ooh. care? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Good, so, for, good for you, though. I like that I you know. did the Facebook update because I feel like you're ready to then share this with other people in your life. Like, and so that was your way of doing it. It makes the most sense because everybody has that. It just makes the most sense for it to be done that way. So I just was surprised that you did it. Cause I feel like yeah. it's such a basic bitch quality. I always call myself out for basic bitch stuff. You always yeah. give me a hard time for it. And look, there you go. Welcome to the club. Listen. Alex, I don't even get on Facebook, and we happen to be <laughs> going to view a house today, and I was, like, bored, and people were loud, so I got on Facebook, and that was the first thing that was up. Uh-huh. I about fell out of my seat, and, then uh-huh. was you, and I was like, Eric put his relationship on Facebook. He sure you, did. Eric, have you met um, her ex? I'm assuming that's the, the, no. her son's father, that's, right? <laughs> that's never going to happen. He sounds like a, a wretched individual. Do you think that that's, like, I mean... I, I consider when my dad and my mom broke up and my mom went to go get remarried for the first time after that happened. And my dad got really, really upset, not at the fact that she was getting remarried, but he felt like there was another man in his kid's life. And that was what raised a little bit of like tension between them. Do you think that you now taking these steps or her taking these steps and like him knowing about it is going to raise some tension between them? Uh, it would be hard to have any more. She is concerned that ever since their current situation has settled in since back in January, every time he comes home from his dad's, he's super wild. And I can attest to that because I have to, I have to keep him from kicking me. So, um, I think she's more upset with who pierces around when he goes over there Mm -hmm. than he should be when I'm around. Mm. I've heard that's a thing too. Like, I think that's pretty common for people, divorced parents who still share a young child, that the child's behavior is different when they're coming from like the other parent's home. I've heard of, yeah. I've heard of that yeah, before. One lets him get away with some things as opposed to not elsewhere. So, oh, wow. Um, and let's, first of all, two, two things. Let's be totally honest. It's always nice to get the, uh, to ride the algor- algorithm a little bit on Facebook, get that mm-hmm. engagement. And, you got like 200 <laughs> comments. And, and I got to keep the hose away. So, <laughs> I, Dude, I, do you know how, do you know how many of like your exes who may or may not still be friends with you on Facebook who are not aware of this are probably like really confused. I'm like, uh-huh. who was this man? Well, well, Where was this man at two or three years ago? Like, what is this? The only ex doesn't. We're just, is not friends on Facebook, uh, but I there are other people that I've dated that like right. commented. So I was more I was more like, oh god, please don't comment. Like, do you want your dick pics back? But now or anything. <laughs> so I've also like as as resident BF over here. I've mm-hmm. also like I spotted a comment the other day where somebody commented about you wearing gray sweatpants. And for Amanda's sake, I almost told this bitch to back off. Like, back the fuck off. <laughs> like, I know what you're implying. Like, cut it out. 
I still don't get that whole gray sweatpants being sexy. It was, it, oh, I get it. <laughs> of course you do. It's, <laughs> it's like a Drake thing or black Twitter thing. I don't know. <clears throat> I, um, but no, it's, it's funny. Thing. It's easier to see your wiener when you're in gray, gray sweatpants because like with black, you can't see it. But when it's gray, it's the lighter color. So you can see the imprint of the wiener. That's literally why gray sweatpants are a thing. Yeah, literally. Philip could be wearing medieval armor. And still see it. Um, no, but Amanda did send me some gray sweatpants meme like shortly after that. So, but I, I don't think Amanda's at that point. And I, I told her, what did she say? When we were talking about like in, in each other's pictures, I'm like, I'm just not gonna like connect you a whole lot because I don't want. Anybody doing anything dumb or or just yeah, you don't want to give with trolls and then people yeah. are trying to figure out who she is and what she's agreed. Like, it can be a little, it can be a little bit invasive. Like agreed, you have to be fully prepared for that. I've learned about and, like your partner has to be fully prepared for their life to be a little bit in, intruded on. And those people don't like. I don't really have enemies who want to do that, but just just in case. And um, Philip, I told Alex earlier, but I'll tell you now. Everybody that said congratulations, like I want a fucking spelling bee that I couldn't, I couldn't pull this off. I'm, oh I'm my ta- god, you did so good! I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes, and everybody else that did the wow emoji reaction, I'm paying attention to you too. Like you didn't think I had the ability to successfully ever interact with another human being. Eric, did you did you ever think by chance that like here and this is just how the human mind works? Once you have officially made it publicly public knowledge that you are off the market, you know that does nothing but bring the ratchet to. Oh you. my God! Have Be you, prepared. Did you think about that? Yeah. Be prepared, well, Philip. You, Philip. Can a gay guy be called ratchet? Because you know that's what I attract. Well, absolutely, and that I mean that gives you that gives a gay man even more of a green light if they know for a fact that you have a girl or a guy, whatever the case may be, then they're like, oh, like, he's securing it himself. Well, let me see what buttons I can push, because that's just how gay men are, unfortunately. Let, that, let me just send an inappropriate picture. Is, right. Is, oh, is, I did that by accident. Oh, my God. I was supposed to go to Chris. I'm so sorry. Is, is that how, how they got the, the Bachelor to finally come out? Listen, I'm over that situation. <laughs> Somebody said to me, oh, great, another white, muscly, white, um, another white, muscly gay comes out of the closet. You know me, those bachelors over the years are probably secretly gay. They just wanted to be on a show to get their name out there. Right. Half these dudes are probably gay. So poor thing. He said he got on the show. He's like, when he got the call, he was like, I knew I was straight. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? That doesn't mean you're straight. That just means you're attractive. You're charismatic. That's good. Did anybody see the uh, the thing that was circulating online that said this did age well, where it's a couple of gay guys going, maybe you're gay. No. Oh, it was like Billy Eider or like like Billy on the Street, whoever that guy is. And it was the host of, uh, I think it was the host of The Bachelor. We're sitting next to him and he was like, would you ever think for a minute that you're gay? And he goes, no, I don't think so. And then the camera zooms in and he looks like he he blushes a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. He he knew. He knew what he was doing. He wanted to get them dollars. That's all. Right. Like, I don't care that he came out and that it's momentous. I don't care because I wouldn't. I would believe anything on The Bachelor or Bachelorette because, like you said, Phil, these people just want attention and they want to be on TV and get famous. 
Absolutely, 110%. And I mean, I'm not knocking, like, I'm not saying, like, his story is not important and it's not true by any means. But at the same time, I think about this man coming out of the closet. There are so many things in the world happening right now. You coming out of the closet is not something I need on my highlight reel, unfortunately. <laughs> God bless you. Here's your card. Welcome to the club. Enjoy all the man that you want. Go for it. But it, isn't it kind of icky that... I don't know. I didn't watch his coming out, the, the Robin Roberts thing, so I can't no. dissect it. But as a distant observer, I would think, okay, so he probably very much knew he was gay. Uh, I mean, did he know, like, Philip? Yeah, did anybody, like oh, it. Okay, so then he, he, like, used this show to get famous. It, you, so, like, here's... Here, okay, before you go, Alex, like, here's, here's my thing. I went through stages... Mm before I came out of the closet. I was in denial for the longest time for so many different reasons. And like, I knew there was something in there, but there was there was a stage where I was like, I don't want this, not a thing. I'm just gonna ignore it, it'll go away. I'm gonna get myself a girlfriend. We gonna have some babies, it's gonna be fine. Everything is okay. So I really feel like, especially him being on this show, being around mm -hmm. this many females who are like, who were trying to pine for him, you know, like we're trying to get his attention. He didn't feel anything. And I'm sorry, like any, any, anybody you know that's attracted to the opposite sex male or female we have that many who are coming at you you're gonna really feel something and mm -hmm. his green light came on when he realized he wasn't feeling something but he just never said anything so i feel like he may have known but once you're in that contract once you're like waist deep in the mess that is called the bachelor of abc then you just you live it you just ride that wave i think he was just fighting it like i think he if at the time i think he had an idea like you said, and I think he was just doing whatever he could to try to fight it or like pray the gay away and pretend right. like it didn't exist. Um, and I think he says that. I think he talks about that. He did, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. He like, pray, if, pray if gay 30 away. hot ladies God. can't make your dick move, you gay. I mean, the, like honestly, all of them busting it wide open and nothing, Listen. nothing's firing, Boom. nothing. <laughs> Cardi B but put Philip on uh -oh. there and it's over with. Married in but 10 days. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know if I could be on The Bachelor, gay or straight, because I'm gonna read everybody for filth. I can't deal with it. <laughs> That's why Those you would make good are TV. Too much for me. And you'd be I'm the next, like and then you'd play. be the spinoff. I'm willing to be the new flavor of love. Give me that. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. I was wondering, since they've been so averse and they just clumsily handled uh, a people of color situation in the last season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, God. here you go, ABC. Like, you got yeah. this. Like, it's it's been delivered by Uber Eats, no delivery charge. <laughs> Put the single gay guy on, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. If I hear one more person say that it's a groundbreaking season, especially now that they have like two girls and one of them is black for the Bachelorette, groundbreaking. I was like, this is not groundbreaking. It's embarrassing. You yeah. should be embarrassed Listen, for yourself. That show should have ended years ago. It, mm -hmm. The Bachelor or the Bachelorette should have ended so long ago. It's just digging itself a hole, to be honest. <laughs> Philip, um, what's, uh, I see that there's, I just saw there's a, there's a story that came out, uh, before we got going here. Um, Harry and William will not walk side by side, but they're going to be together <laughs> for, uh, Prince Philip's funeral or burial. You know, during that interview that Harry and Meghan did with Oprah and Meghan said that there were conversations about the, the color of Archie's skin or color of the baby's skin coming out before they knew it was going to be a boy. I, I feel in the depth of my soul and the depth of my black Jesus soul that that conversation came from his brother. 
And the only reason I feel that way is because you must understand that man is in line to be the king of England, the king of the United Kingdom. And he probably more than anybody else cared about what was going to happen when he sat in that seat and when things went on. And I think he probably asked that question and it just it never made them. They weren't on good terms for the most part. They didn't really socialize. They didn't do things together. I mean, it kind of reminds me of me and my brother a little bit, but I still like my brother and we still talk. But it's one of those things where like there is a hierarchy and I'm the older brother. I have to keep everything in control and everybody on their P's and Q's and especially you because we represent this family. And Harry's like, screw you. I got this. This is my family. You don't have to worry about it. So like that whole funeral situation is a hardcore mess in so many different ways. Even even Andrew, Prince Andrew is going to be there. Mm. And people are like, he shouldn't be there because he's the one hanging out with Epstein, touching little girls, doing X, Y, and Z. And he wants to wear his Navy Admiral uniform when nobody else is wearing their, their military uniform. Like, it's a whole mess. And I feel so bad for the queen. Like, I'm not about the monarchy, but I just feel so bad for this lady right now. She's lost her husband and she has to deal with this crap. Like, it's crazy. Do you think... Uh... Harry spent enough time in this white trash trailer of a country we live in where <laughs> they'll start throwing hands at the funeral. <laughs> Yo, they can go full Maury at the funeral. No, I highly doubt it. Cause you know, I had a conversation. I I'm looking for like, I'm trying to make black friends here. Since I've decided oh, good it's for not, you. It, listen, I've decided it's not going to like happen naturally because there's just, it's just not how it goes here. There's no separation of like black and white. You know what I mean? Like we have like, in America, you have like a black club and you have like a white club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And here they don't have that. So <clears throat> I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who happens to be black. And uh, we were talking about, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I blanked. What was your question, Eric? Um, is there going to be a, are they going to fight? Is is Harry, oh. <laughs> is Harry going to lean over to William and go, Right. Your wife is a racist ass C word. <laughs> so we had we had we had a conversation yesterday about like uh white and black in in America and the UK. Do you know like people in the UK do not like confrontation? Like Brits just don't like confrontation yeah, we, by any we, means. We found that out in seventeen seventy six, bitch. <laughs> it is the most frustrating thing in the world. So no matter what happens, it's like it's kinda like how like um not not the housewives on TV, but how like normal housewives have arguments in the neighborhood. Like they're just very catty towards one another, but it's mm. also very polite at the same time. Very passive. It's gonna be one of those. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those situations more than anything else. I don't think that but him Harry living lives in America here now. for any amount of time. He's I don't think Amer- I don't think him living there is gonna change okay. that. What about well, yeah. Megan? Megan's not going, right? No, no. And they've they've ridiculed her for that left and right. I, it would have been fun to see her come because they would have ridiculed her for that. And the fact that she's yeah, right. like speaking so bad, but the fact that she's not coming, they just drag her name through the mud. I'm, it's crap. But I feel like know. her life would have been in danger if she went. Like, <laughs> you know oh, what if I she, mean? If she would have came, most likely, because even even with Harry being here, like he's not a part of the family anymore, so he doesn't have security. I don't know where he's staying at because he's not able to stay at Buckingham or in Windsor. So I have no idea what this man's life is, but he's just. He's just gallivanting around London, waiting for the funeral to happen so he can go back home. He just said Tyler Perry's London, London um, high rise. That's <laughs> all. London estate. <laughs> He'll be fine. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the the funniest um, Queen meme or tweet or whatever you've seen? Did anything top Beth on Tinder? No, you know what? Like I hate this country because <laughs> literally, Wait, they that one or this one. 
Uh, well, UK. This one. <laughs> Got it. To you, that one. To me, this one. Uh, it's because, like, it's fine, and it's great, and they have, like, hope and loyalty in their heart, but they have so much respect for this woman and for her seat of imaginary power that they <laughs> literally, they won't make fun of her. And the fact that she's lost her husband, they won't make fun of her. So, like, the gifts and the memes have been far and few in between. And then, like, DMX die, and that's been, like, hitting news super hard. I've been hearing DMX being played on loudspeakers <laughs> around, like, the around oh London. God. And just, like, what, what the hell do you know about DMX? Have a seat. <laughs> i saw people saying on online on over the weekend like she just lost her husband like enough with yeah. the the memes and i'm like like what we've talked about like really like she probably emotionally signed off on this dude like about 10 years ago weren't they like exactly. i mean and they don't sleep in the same room and all of that i mean not oh, that no. i know a ton but you're right like everybody's very loyal to the to the British family, and I'm just like, but you, they're they're literally like show ponies, like yeah. what, you know what I mean. I don't I don't really understand like what their value is. Their only value is that they hold the Commonwealth together. So all the Commonwealths that they have around the world, if it wasn't for them still being an organization, because that's what they are, then they the Commonwealths would break away. You know what I mean? Like Scotland hates being a part of the UK. Scotland hates being a part of the UK, and the second that they get a chance to get the hell away from the UK, they're done. Like they don't want and if you go to Scotland and you say, Oh, you're you're British or you're English, they will light you up. So So that's but all my, good for. my Scottish people did not want to exit. <laughs> like <laughs> they like I mean, my, my little family over there like have really big opinions about this. I mean, they were like she was living here while that was while stuff was going down. And I was like, like Ooh, is it tell me the tea, really? This is dramatic. Wasn't good. And wasn't good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's no, there's another C word you probably want to use instead, and I will evoke Shuri from Black Panther, not Commonwealth. Colonizers. Colonizers. <laughs> listen, listen. What I was I was listening to somebody's show the other day, and she was talking. She's in America. She was talking about Prince Philip die. I don't care. He ain't nobody. King colonizer. <laughs> Again, I fell out, and I was like, "Don't come to the UK saying that because you will get trampled." But you accurate. <laughs> I have a couple um, friends who did that. Like, say what, colonizer? Like, say yeah, what? <laughs> I will in a heartbeat. Don't tip me. Like, especially here. I don't. I don't give a damn. But uh, yeah, man. Like, nobody wanted Brexit. Brexit was the worst thing ever. And the Scots were the first ones to step up and say, "If you do this, then we're leaving." Obviously, they can't just pick up and leave. But like, Brexit was a horrible idea. And it's screwing London right now financially. Uh, the housing market, like Brexit, was the worst idea ever. Just a bunch of selfish white people trying to get make some money. Would, would the equivalent, and I, I guess there isn't an equivalent, would it be like Texas leaving the United States, or would it be like the United States leaving North America, saying we're not going to deal with Canada and Mexico anymore? It will. It's it's more so like. Yeah, I think it's more so like if you actually take a state and they try to secede from the country, it's more like that. Because if the United States left North America, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You know what I mean? But like the fact that you take one state away, like that state is then, excuse me, is strained, strained so hard. And like London or the UK is strained super hard not being a part of the EU. Like we just lost ties. They're fighting mm. over fishing area you know, understand like they're they're fighting over important exports at this point in time and uk is getting the short end of the stick because we're the minority now and it's just because like oh we're gonna do everything in the uk we're gonna everything's gonna be uk made 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's, sure. like, that's like here. Like if my Jordans were were look, I I will set my morals aside and put my uh, my uh, ethical compass in my pocket for things that I, I particularly like. Like when I get a Trump pizza from Mama Mary's, it's good mm-hmm. pizza. I do not want to pay six hundred eighty seven dollars for a pair of sneakers. Nah. Nah. I'm good. Hundred percent. Um. You. I. Somebody. Sorry, this is like a total segue, but it was an interesting question. Somebody posted something that uh, I guess West Virginia is willing to pay people like X amount of dollars, like thousands, to come work remotely or move there and work remotely. Um, And I know Alaska has done this for a long time to encourage people to come be a part of their population. Is Is there a state you guys would not move to for any amount of money? Virginia. <laughs> I mean, like most of the southern states, I wouldn't want to go back to. I have family there. I just don't have a want to be in it. I have two. Alex, any, any, any at all? Utah. <laughs> that was random, but okay. Why Utah? So, um, <laughs> the percentage of black people, I feel like, is really low. Yeah, watch oh. a Utah Jazz game. They're the only <laughs> black people that are on the court. <laughs> um, no, for real. Um, I my two were West Virginia. Oh, and because I I could deal with the abhorrent behaviors of some in the South, like in Mississippi, the small town mindedness and all that stuff, because it's warm. Um, so I would I could, but West Virginia and Alaska. Alaska, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, too fucking cold. Like six months a year of darkness. No way. No. I could do yeah. Alaska, West Virginia. I've you know I've been there a couple times. I have a really good girlfriend that's from there. Um, I have not had negative experiences there, but I do certainly feel like an other <laughs> in most parts, <laughs> most parts in of West other. Virginia. But it is beautiful though. Like the amount of greenery is insane compared to like our just flat brown corn. But then half the year it's freaking cold. So that's true. If I have to deal with like people who make my skin crawl, at least it better be warm. That's, that's true. true. Go to Florida. Um. No. Well, yeah. Obviously, I mean Florida, I would do. Um. <laughs> so Lucas the elephant died here, and people Aww. are are visibly upset, and understandably so. Uh, he was a nine-year-old elephant. Uh, at the zoo, if that wasn't obvious. He just wasn't like strolling the street like uh like what's who's Scott Sands ca- camel he likes Scooby. <laughs> what you r- remember the camel like every, every once a year Scooby gets out and somebody's like there's a camel on Secor it's like yeah that's Scooby he gets out every now and then what do not remember that but yep. I noted yep I will send you guys a clip of Scooby but uh this is Lucas the elephant he was nine. That sounds young in elephant ears. Um, And he, the the terrible irony of this or coincidence, he died of a virus, a very rare virus. And they tried to get him, I think, some plasma from other elephants and nothing, um, nothing could help. So Lucas the elephant died. Oh, that's sad. I mean, I don't, I don't go to the zoo enough to remember which animals are which. But I, I mean, unless he was like some like super cute, charismatic little thing that would play around and everybody like. Knew it, you know. They would go see Lucas playing with his little ball. I don't know how you even remember, you know. 
Um, I guess if you if you go all often, you would know because I again I think he is like the, a kid, so you'd know that he's one of the smaller ones. I think that's the benefit of our zoo. Also, like we have a really good zoo that's not gigantic. Mm-hmm. So, like in, at least from what I remember in Cleveland, the zoo trip was just once a year. Like we weren't going more than one time a year, like the amusement park, because it was just so much of a thing. You know what I mean? Where like the Toledo Zoo, I feel like you could go <laughs> once a month and the kids are entertained every time. Um, yeah. when, and maybe this will change this summer, but when I was with Lindsay before we went to the zoo, I think twice, like it's, I mean, if you want to get some steps in and enjoy a nice day, get your membership and go strolling through the zoo. Oh, that's I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I like this. I like the zoo more than like, say the art museum, because like, it's the same damn art. Like at least the animals are going to do different things when you go visit them. That's true. Yeah. You might get lucky. Yeah. Philip, I visited Maddie today. I had to drop off the uh, second installment of Magic Mike's payment for my taxes, <laughs> yeah. which was a large bottle of Fireball. Um, and <laughs> thank, thank God, thank God that that whole Urbanski family just likes Fireball and other like low quality liquors. I'm so happy that's not a thing here in the UK. I say Fireball, and they're like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "Thank God, it yeah. is the devil." You guys have better things, though. I've gotten fucked up at tea time on gin. <laughs> like, fucked up in the middle of the day. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Love it hits you different when you're wobbly. Um, Maddie is at the stage where she's uh, she's very cute because I think she finds everything funny. I was uh, putting her stuffed Elmo on her face, and I was calling them Elmo hugs, and she was loving it. Oh, <laughs> she is so cute. Wait, does she have hair yet? Very little. Oh, poor thing. And Bethany told me today, because uh, she said she thinks Maddie's getting some teeth. And if, if oh, wow. you guys pay attention. It's early. What, Bethany said she didn't get teeth till like a, a year in. If you've paid attention to what Bethany's talked about over the years. So that means Bethany was a bald, toothless, like one-year-old. <laughs> she was a ball headed hoe. Yeah. So, like, if you... If you would see that, if you would see that one-year-old of, of Betsy and Mike, she'd be like, "You pick up a homeless child? What is going?" So I saw, a, I got like, um, I scrolled through my Facebook, and I know we're close to wrapping up. I scrolled through my Facebook the other day, and I saw a picture, and I thought it was Bethany, and then I scrolled back, and it wasn't. Apparently, there's a guy I went to high school with that married another girl that looks identical to Bethany, but she's black, like the black Bethany. Ooh. Looks oh just like her to me. I was going to screenshot it and send it to you. I'm like, is this Bethany? Like, is this a... Floyd used to, <laughs> Floyd used to call her Candace. That's when Bethany got super drunk. Candace. She, when she busted out the Millie Rock at your party, I was like, who is this? <laughs> I was still getting to know everyone at the time. And I was like, oh my God, who is this? That's, that's public school slash TSA. Like, that's just what it does to you. I don't care what color you are. Like, you, that's Toledo. You just so get to it. That's before I knew she was a dancer also. Yeah. So I was, I did not expect that to come out of her. And I saw that and I was like, oh my, you get it, girl. Get it. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm, Every now and then I have a thought like I should do another one of those. And I'm like, oh, it's a pandemic. But now everybody's getting vaccinated. So, Alex, where yeah. do you fall on me doing another one of those? I'll show up. Do you mind if Thomas isn't vaccinated? You know, some people I feel like we're going to get to a point where people are like, he can't come. Um, you can't. But sit it's with not us. for it's not for your own protection. Like it would be for his and he doesn't right. give a shit. So, um, <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm, I'm OK with that. And I think uh, we, we might be able to do some things outside. 
Um, not that I have a fenced-in yeah, area, warm, but right? I, I am considering having, like, that group over again. Heck yeah. Can you, like, wait till I come whenever that may be? Because Lord knows, but... That'd be so nice. Uh, I really, when I come, I want to make sure that I see everybody and, like, we hopefully get together all at once and have some drinks. We'll see how many. We can do that. <laughs> like, many drinks. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Like last thing here, and with COVID stuff, I just read uh, one of your former colonies. So Australia is being very rigid with like there's like forty thousand I think Australians, Native Australians, who can't go home, and mm-hmm. people can't leave. They the only place mm-hmm. they can go to is New Zealand. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, they shut it down. Like people yeah. who people who like made it back to Australia because there's loads of Australians here. People who made it back. Um, in time, we're really, really upset because there was a time when the Australian government was paying for you to go to a hotel to quarantine. And now, like, if you want to come, you have to pay for it yourself, but you can't, you have to go there. We're going to check in on you, which they do. And now they're just like, nope, nobody can come. And it's because, like, if you if you know anybody on, like, Instagram or Facebook who's in Australia, look at their feed. They're out. They're partying. They're kicking it. And the second that one person is diagnosed with it, they shut everything down for at least 10 days. Oh, so. Jesus. Yeah, Australia was like clink clink, lock it up. <laughs> I know New Zealand did that. Um, yeah, I wish it was like that here, but you know American values and all, and and they are an island. So. <laughs> Our trash yeah, can they, values, right? <laughs> like you said, it's an island, so they have like more liberty and just kind of telling everybody chill out for a few days. We'll get back to normal soon. So or, or don't come here. That too. You can't sit with us. Australia has a huge-ass sign over the country, the continent, saying you can't sit with us, and they're fine with it. <laughs> Keep on going, bitch. Keep on going. But, Not here. <laughs> um, all right. Well, this was a, this is a good Thursday show. I Thursdays so. are fun. I can drink on Thursdays. It's all right. I'm not mad about it. What have you been drinking? Uh, Black Label. Is that Johnny Walker? Good for you. It's a lot cheaper here because it's made in Scotland. (laughs) What? So how much? So how much does the black label? I'm. Did you get the smaller one or this or the medium one? Uh, Whatever the normal size one that like in bars, like that one. I think. Okay, so maybe that's. I think that's like forty-five or fifty bucks here. Is it? Because it's twenty pounds here. In English. So it would be like thirty-five. Thirty-five, thirty dollars. Okay, that's the smaller yeah. bottle here. Um, have you? Tr- does this make you want to try? Bl- have you tried Blue Label before? Yeah, but you know, what? I still look at those prices, and the prices still make a difference to me. And right. I think I think it's like I think it's like fifty quid or so for the Blue Label here. And you must understand something. It's just me and Danny. We ain't trying to be fancy. The only reason I buy the Black Label is because it's like four pounds more than Red Label. Otherwise, I would get red. So right. I've been yeah. trying different whiskeys. I tried uh, some kind of New York, like Hudson whiskey. It's mm. very good. And I got a new one last night. What's it called? Uh, I asked people for whiskey subject, uh, suggestions, and I got some good ones. Was, I think Riff Single Barrel is what I got last night. I've had Riff. Riff is great. All right. What other? Do you have another whiskey suggestion? I can't remember all the names of them. There's one that's called Taylor. That one's really good. I got. I had that one in Cleveland. Um, it's like a barrel, like a smoky barrel. And then, um, it's hard for me to remember names. I'm really bad with names. If I see bottles or I hear them, typically I, I can't remember. Got it. But yeah, I mean, you know, my, the funnest thing here is that I can't wait for us to be able to travel to the UK, which I think I'll be able to do here shortly. And I'll be able to fill you guys in on that probably in like the next week or so. But, 
Um, I, if I get a chance to move around the UK, then I am legit going to do whiskey flights wherever I go because literally the best whiskey is made in this country. What we'll uh, what we'll have to do is we'll have when, when I can have some people over. Um, you can charge us all five bucks, and, and you can just Facetime a, a Saturday night uh, of yours. <laughs> um, I think you want that. No, I'm going to be very entertaining. It's okay. It's all right. All right, um, Alex, feel better. Do you did you find yeah. anything out about your doctor appointment? No, it's tomorrow, so we'll see. Hopefully, I don't have pneumonia. If I do, I'm, whatever. I just have to stay in the house so I don't get sicker. Philip, Alex is a 31-year-old in the body of uh, uh, maybe like what Queen Elizabeth has done is given Alex all her ladies. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm just sick all the time. Like we used to make fun of my mom because she was sick all the time, and now I'm an adult and I'm sick all the time. And I can't even help it. There's literally nothing I can do about it. I'm just fucking sick all the time. But I'm convinced. Okay, I'm convinced. I know people think this is a conspiracy. Eric, you shot, you shot me down when I talked about this earlier. I feel like because I've been isolated and in a mask for like the last year and a few months, nor, like the germs that I may normally come across that my body either fights off without me knowing it or like I get it and I feel a little sick for like a day or two. I'm getting that and it's just taking yep. me out the game because yep. my immune system is weaker. Not a conspiracy. Your immune system isn't weaker. It's just not used to it because it thinks those things are something it has to defend itself against anymore, which I guess <clears> means weaker. But not a conspiracy. And I, I wish that more people would talk about it. And I wish that it would be reported because people were getting sick and they're like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Like everybody. Yes. Has a I'm like, bro, it is a cold. You haven't yeah. had one in over a year because you've been inside wearing a mask. Get over okay. It. Okay. But hear me out. And I'm not even joking. If it's not pneumonia. Like there's, there's literally a thing where like my cartilage gets inflamed. And so oh like God. every single bone and joint, every single one, like anytime I cough, it feels like somebody is like ripping my body apart and then putting it back together. Like if I sneeze, if I cough, if I laugh, it hurts. It's okay. like violent. I told my mom, I was like, if I sneeze multiple times in an hour, I'm going to the hospital and I need to be sedated because this hurts so bad. I can't do it. Like I just can't. So you need anyhow. to get like some like morphine pills or something. That is <laughs> not normal. So that hopefully, okay. hopefully that's what they'll give me tomorrow. It, like I, I looked it up on the internet, <laughs> but I don't think that's actually what we'll see, but it hurts. It fucking hurts. I have inflammation in my bones. Oh my that, God. That's, that's called not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah and stay off the internet. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. I thought we WebMD should have died. At <laughs> I I take back that I said that 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 was a bad theory because it makes sense. I I had just been thinking that a lot less people were getting sick because they were taking measures they should have been doing all along, you know, like washing their fucking hands and (laughs) being clean. Um, But I guess if you if by some chance you do get sick, yeah, your immune system might be a little bit weaker than normal. So, you know what? When you get done this, go lick some doorknobs and build that (laughs) immune system back up. Yeah, Yeah. I am. I'm going to go put my fingers in bowling balls this weekend. So I should be all right for a while. (laughs) Philip, what did you guys used to do to Rodney? Like that will build up (laughs) an immune system. Yeah, I mean, just we made Rodney eat and lick random stuff. And I mean, it just it was fine. The boy, the boy had like the boy had like tetanus and he was invincible <laughs> because he just did the most ridiculous shit. So oh funny. my god! 
All right, mm. Alex, feel better. Philip, uh, I will text you, and I already texted you guys a picture of Scooby. Okay. Yeah, I can't see it because it's, it's, I'm in a different country now, so that's sad for me. But oh, I'll, I'll see yeah, the picture otherwise. Screenshot right. it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Um, we're not done yet. Don't go anywhere. A couple of minutes. Yesterday was Wear Blue Day, so let's spend a couple of minutes now with uh, someone who, who used to hop by the show quite often to talk about stuff like this. Um, it was Wear Blue Day yesterday because it is Child Abuse Prevention and Awareness Month. Julie Malkin, the Communications Director of Lucas County Children's Services. Hello. Eric. Hi, this should be super easy now. Okay. You hear me okay? Yeah. It's it's a little weird, um, but it, I can hear you okay. You can do all the talking if you want. Uh, no, thank you. Because <laughs> you've been doing a lot of that lately? Yeah, just a little too much. People are tired of hearing me yap. No, they're not. <laughs> well, I'm recording. It's good to hear your voice. It looks like yesterday and Wear Blue Day was a big success. It was. Uh, people really get the idea that we need to come together as a community to prevent child abuse, that kids don't deserve be treated that way and um people are getting people are getting the message good they need to and i was delighted to read um the article in the blade the other day with with robin to see that she was seemingly so happy that we're making um such positive strides to combat child abuse and that um i mean in such a weird year where we were expecting anything. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how was this progress made? Well, it's not just things that we've been doing. It's things that are happening on the, on the statewide level. Um, there's changes that are happening uh, in how foster care is being used versus kin- uh, kinship care and what it boils down to is that instead of immediately looking for foster care for children who have been abused or neglected, we're going to work closer with families. So when a problem is close to cropping up before it really gets out of hand, that we intervene with services and help kinship caregivers um, support kids and and take care of kids so kids can remain with family. It's kind of like... um... Uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of care. Did I get that maxim right? Uh, a pound of cure, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, there are there are programs coming into place that uh, provide for you know uh, substance abuse rehab and counseling and all kinds of other things to come in uh, parenting uh, to to be placed in the household. Um, so that the family can work together uh, as a unit to eliminate the problems rather than allow a problem to happen and the child end up in care. And, uh, you know, that that's never good for anybody. Sure. Um, is it is it often that when you come across an abuse situation that drugs or substance abuse uh, is involved? Oh, yeah, that's been uh, our number one reason for involvement for several years now. Uh, very high percentage of our cases when we become involved is because of opiates. Um, our next most serious problem is domestic violence. Um, there's a big, been a big uh, rise in domestic violence, and that may be tied 
to some extent, not entirely, but to some extent to uh, the pandemic where people are um, kind of cooped up a little more than they are used to. And, uh, you know, kids, kids can be kids and it's, I don't envy anybody. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a, a a challenging year, but that's why it was good to read um some positive words for Robin. You guys have a stream coming up uh on April 29th, correct? We do. Uh every year except last year, uh 2020, we do a memorial at the conclusion of Child Abuse Prevention Month uh to remember the children in the community lost to abuse, neglect and street violence. And uh, we are going to have a live stream on our Facebook page on the 29th at 11 a.m. so that people can watch our virtual memorial. Um, We'll remember the children who were lost since our last memorial. So our last memorial was at the end of April of um, 2019. So in the period since then, we've lost 20 children uh, to abuse, neglect, and street violence. And, you know, we should, we should always commit ourselves to not having a number at all, but to at the very least uh, have fewer fatalities in our community. For sure. Um, how can people uh, reach out to you guys at Lucas County Children's Services and access some of the resources that you talked about, the, the preventative measures, or how you can help these situations? Sure. Um, well, we always tell people if they suspect something is wrong, and their gut will tell them that, whether it's you know a child home left, left home alone or uh, bruises that don't make sense or a change in behavior, if something just seems wrong, you don't have to know for sure, but if, if you could, just give us a call at 419-213-2273 and talk it through with one of our caseworkers on duty. Um, they'll ask you a series of questions to uh, ascertain whether there is some, we think there's something serious there that merits us going out and taking a look. We will never reveal who called. It's against the law for us to do that. People have that mistaken idea that we would, you know, reveal our sources. We are, uh, by law, not permitted to reveal sources of referrals. But uh, we would just like to check out the situation. And if you don't do it, who will? Right. That's that's a, an important thing to know. If you don't get involved and, and make that step and make that call, who who is expected to do that? child can't do it for him or herself. And I should also add that if you believe a child is in immediate danger, you know, leaning out a window with no screen or playing with, you know, something that's dangerous or, or if you're hearing shouting or gunfire or anything like that, please call 911. Uh, we can respond, but we can't respond as quickly as law enforcement. And um, we, would, we would ask that you contact uh, 911 immediately. Excellent. Uh, good to know about the the, the privacy. Um, there's something that I, I share when I go out and do talks with the Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition. We talk to a lot of kids, and we often remind the kids because you don't ever want to be the one that, that tattles in, in some cases. But it, we say it's better to lose a friendship than lose a friend. And to your point, yeah, if not you, then then who else? So exactly. And you know, a lot of times, kids. Kids want to tell their parent, or for, but for any number of reasons, 
feel like they can't do that. And it's all the more reason if they, you know, will share that with us, with a caseworker, with a teacher, with their pastor, uh, with their coach. Uh, all these folks are mandated reporters of child abuse. If they hear about it, they're mandated by law to report it. So, you know, we remind kids all the time that if you don't feel comfortable telling your parent or talking to your parent about abuse and neglect, um, reach out and don't be afraid to tell your teacher, tell your coach, tell a social worker, uh, tell your pastor, because you this is something that you didn't deserve, you didn't instigate, this is something you, you shouldn't have to deal with in your life. Uh, we want to help you. How much more challenging, and this is really the last question, how much more challenging has that been or how did you guys adjust knowing that a lot of these kids didn't see those adults because we were all cooped up for the last year? Well, it was really kind of interesting. We were looking at the numbers uh, last week. Normally we get uh, about 400 calls a month and that dipped last spring when everything shut down. But it gradually ticked its way back up, and we're pretty much now up to the level of calls that we would receive any other year. Um, we saw a different mix of people making the reports. We had more calls from law enforcement and fewer calls from teachers, which kind of makes sense. But the calls came in nonetheless, and our folks never stopped seeing kids. People don't realize that despite the pandemic, despite all the, you know, the protections that we needed to take, we loaded our folks up with PPP and PPE and they were out making sure the kids were safe. They never stopped doing it. No child went unseen because of the pandemic or for any other reason. Uh, our folks were out there doing the work. Good to know. Uh, Julie Malkin, Communications Director from Lucas County Children's Services. Thank you.